This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MQ1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, gents, we're all back from Lincoln. Uh, I think we've all just about recovered. Obviously, it was a pretty late night for the majority of us on a Wednesday morning getting back from there. But uh, yeah, we're all back here this evening, uh, recording this episode and looking ahead to another away trip on Saturday in Port Vale. Um, right, let's introduce the lads. Uh, Duffy, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm raring to go, raring to discuss all the points we have collected this past week and um, all the positive talk we'll be feeding off today. Well, I mean, you can't get much worse than last week, mate. And uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's points to talk about, which is uh, it's better than none, I suppose. But uh, um, Joe, how are we, mate? Are we all good? Well, yeah, I mean, the last two games, we've divided the goals we've conceded in five, um, which is helpful. And we've also scored one goal. Um, so, I mean, things are progressing, I guess you could say. And yeah, it was get, that goal was getting comparisons with one of the club's uh, biggest like moments of all time since its re- reformation in 2004. So uh, it's been an interesting week, to say the least. But, uh, but obviously, Joe, you've joined Don's Action this week with uh, our good mate Ollie from Don's Action there. So obviously, not going to talk about any plans on here because you've not had a chance to chat to Ollie yet regarding it all. But uh, yeah, what do you reckon to it all? Yeah, no, I think it's uh, really important that... Um... That we, you know, I think what me and Ollie are trying to do is just represent the fans and um, work with the club um, to try and, you know, because there's certain things this season which have needed to be fixed. And I think Don's action, as well as the DSA, you know, they've worked with the club to try and fix them. So, um, yeah, I think it's just being there for the, uh, to represent what the fans are thinking, really, and um, provide maybe a younger perspective on it than the traditional DSA maybe would. Um, and so, yeah, that's um, what we're looking to do. Um, yeah, as I said, we haven't really um, had a chance to fully get everything cemented together, but I'm sure um, over the next few weeks, we'll, you'll probably be hearing some more from us. Good stuff. Look forward to hearing that. And um, I'm sure we'll see most of the action at Stadium MK, where 
course, the Dons played on Saturday against Ipswich. Um, I think an expected defeat, unless unless you are Joe and you thought we'd win for some reason. Um, to be honest, we I think the first half we, I mean, it wasn't great, but at least we had the chances. I mean, that chance with Lecco on the goal line, bloody, I mean, how the hell do you miss that one? Um, and obviously, if you say chan- chances, do you mean five chances within thirty seconds? Yeah, I mean it's still chances, right? But yeah, that one that one sequence of play where literally Leco, instead of smashing it into the top corner, decides to try and pass it past uh, whatever defender was in the Ipswich goal, and uh, he hit the post. And then uh, I think it was Kai who had a few chances saved uh, from Walton, who, as we know, is one of the best keepers in the league, and one of the reasons why Ipswich are up there in the league. Um, and then, yeah, of course, in classic Don's fashion, um, McEachran wins the ball back in her own half, plays a pretty hospital pass to Devoy, who wasn't expecting it, goes straight to Morsi, and he bangs it into the bottom corner of the net, 1-0. Um, and I think from that point on, you know, Don's didn't really do much either going forward or defensively. And apart from Jamie Cohn making a few saves, it's which just dominated the game, to be honest. Uh, they probably won by two or three goals. Um, again, another ch- big chance, one of the Ipswich players from a Morsi long shot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, again, it's it's another game where you feel like if Don's had a chance, they could have got something from the game. Um, but again, Ross, you know, they were pretty much punished for their mistakes. Yeah, you you completely nailed it in terms of the sequence of the chances we did have. Um, I think that's just where we are at the moment. We're just proper low on confidence in both areas of the pitch and. I think you can definitely see that when you're watching us. Um, a lot of players are playing too safe, and obviously, um, then them couple of chances we did have, you expect us to obviously score them. But obviously, you've got to applaud the quality, the quality in terms of defensive. Um, Ipswich carried. Um, obviously, you mentioned it about Walton saving them numerous times. Um, as I say, we did highlight him. As as you say, being being one of the keeper best keepers in the league, um, but I don't fit in it, especially in that situation. You've you've got to fault us. I feel, um, if we score, whole different game, one nil up going into half time. Obviously, you especially at home, we we kept them Ipswich fans pretty quiet before that, um, and I thought. Even one nil down, I thought we would come back, and we didn't. We we'd done the complete opposite, and we went pretty um, flat and stagnant in terms of getting in some attacking positions. And we conceded the ball, and obviously conceding the ball to one of the best sides, um, as Jackson said, a championship team with the likes of what Broadhead, um, Chaplin, um, George Hurst. And as you say, the the match winner in terms of Sam Morsi, who played countless games at Championship level for, for Middlesbrough, um, he punished us um, for an individual mistake. And how many times do we have to say it this season? It's a lot of these games are being decided on us um, through either mistakes or oh, we're not taking our chances. Or as I say, a few few games back for Bolton set pieces defending. So. A lot of it is on us, um, and that's what the most frustrating part is. Is it, it, it switched throughout the whole game? I, they didn't really impress me. I felt um, it was on us, and uh, unfortunately, um, we just looked a bit flat in that second half, and um, we just rode out our luck at times. 
yeah, you're completely right in the fact that, you know, we're not really making opposition do much. Rather, to rather giving them goals or we're not taking our own chances, Joe. And, uh, well, I mean, it's a bit difficult watching at the moment, hasn't it, really? Yeah, but it's, it's one of them where you feel like not not loads and loads needs to kind of flip for everything to change. Because, like you say, we, we had we had probably had the better chances in the first half an hour or whatever. And then we missed that you know, golden opportunity and what, five, ten minutes later or something, you know, they show a bit of quality and score from 25 yards. And I mean, Lincoln, you know, again, their goal, it wasn't necessarily a, a mistake from us, but it was a 25, it was like 20 yard absolute perler, both of them. And some, sometimes, and you know, you'd actually say, well, if we're limiting to Ipswich, Ipswich just shots out the box, yeah, that's fine. But they've just, they've just got the quality, unfortunately. Um, and we didn't have the quality to take our chances. Um, second half, yeah, Ross, you're right. I think it we did go a bit flat, but I think that was more just Ipswich made the game horrible. Like they just made it like you know we we don't want to be here anymore. We want to get off with these three points and get the hell out of here. But it's not as if you know they were tearing us open or anything like that. And we were always in the game, but yeah, we didn't really challenge in the second half. And I think you know Ipswich did see it out fairly comfortably. So that is maybe one disappointing. Um, thing that we couldn't maybe you know apply a bit of pressure late on make them a bit nervous it was fairly routine I think for them in the end but yeah first half you know it's just it's a sliding doors moment isn't it you know you score that go one nil up all of a sudden it's a different game they're having to go forward more leaving more space at the back where we've seen how good we've been on the counter attack lately Um, because we'll get on to uh, the opposite of a team uh, attacking us uh, when we talk about the Lincoln game on Tuesday Um, and so, yeah, I, thought, I don't think we're far off. But like you said, you know, Ross said it quite well. It's just the individual, it's just the little moments and a bit of luck at the moment. Because, okay, you know, McEachernie did lose the ball, but it wasn't as if, um, it wasn't as if it was like, you know, 10 yards from his own goal. It was like near the halfway line. And you think, oh, right, yeah, well, you know, if he wants to shoot from 25 yards, rather that than having a shot from 12 yards. However... Yeah, it just happened at that rifle. I think actually won them um, goal of the weekend in the oh, FL. Fantastic. So, you know, it just goes to show you, you it's just when your luck's not in, your luck's not in really. Yeah, I think this team has a bad habit of um when we do lose the ball, not stepping up and trying to take on the man early and just dropping back and that's when goal of the weekend goals like Sam Morse's one are uh, are taken, unfortunately, because your team your players dropping off and especially the two centre backs and uh, just letting them have free will of the edge of the area, which is not ideal at all. Um, obviously, you know, there's not much else to say reading the performance other than, you know, that that game sort of sparked the end of a pretty a pretty tough run for Dons. As you mentioned, you know, we exceeded a ridiculous amount of goals the week prior to um, Bolton and Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and obviously, that Ipswich game and, of course, the Lincoln game, which we got into in a second, Tuesday, sort of um, switched around the fixtures in terms of our games coming up in March, especially. Obviously, this month we've got a uh, Port Vale on Saturday, um, Cambridge, of course, at home, um, as well as Morecambe at home, and then Accrington away. So, you know, we're not we're not faced top of the league anymore, um, which is it's nice. But um, I think in terms of this time of the season, it's always the case of you know, yes, we're facing teams on the bottom of the league, but arguably are they even harder games because, like us, they need to pick up points, and they're the ones who are. Uh, a lot of fights for five like us, really. I mean, you, you say, Liam, are they harder games? I've got a stat for you. Oh, here we go. 
Against bottom half teams this season, we have won seven, drawn six, and lost just two of the, I think that's what, 14, 15 games? Yeah, something like that. 15 games. Yeah. So that's, I think, 27 points? 27 points out of 45. That's pretty good. Now, people may be thinking, oh, that's pretty much all of our points. Well, yes, you'd be correct in thinking that because in the 19 games we have played against teams in the top half of the of League One, we have won one, which I believe was at uh, Portsmouth away. We have lost 18. We haven't even got, been getting draws against the top half teams. And I mean, maybe we could probably do a whole podcast just on this topic. Um, but I think it just shows a lot of the lack of experience and the almost guts in the team. And, um, you know, to get three points out of 57 available is, yeah, quite shocking. Yeah, I remember when I first heard that stat, I was like, bloody hell, I didn't realize it was that bad against top-half teams. But, you know, Jerry spells out there in terms of, you know, how how like, uh, how poor the quality is in the side and, yeah, amongst other things that uh, the team had done this season, which uh, hopefully next season, if we are in league one, which I hope we are, um, that they can correct moving into that. But, Obviously, Duffy, it's a, it's a period now where we can pick up more points potentially than we could have um, in the last three. So, you know, can we be positive against playing the likes of Action and Morecambe? I think you've got to. I, th- I think if you're going to be negative heading into those fixtures, especially on and off the pitch, um, I think you're 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 putting yourself or you're 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 falling into a certain trap. Um, we know we need points. We know. I know full well, you know full well we need points. And um, I think it's just a case of um, if we win games, well, happy days. But I don't care if we're getting points or we're winning games ugly either. I just, at the end of the day, I think the we, we all know the, sh- the short and long-term goal um, of this football club. And that's just to stay in this league. That That is to stay in this league. And then what will be in the summer will be. And I expect, obviously movement but obviously until that comes around and we can settle this league status um there's no point worrying about it but in terms of just like the next three games as you say it's a case of attacking the fixtures there's no point settling with points yeah if if we're getting in scenarios like obviously against Lincoln where yeah we set first half obviously it was it was poor but if if we're getting against Teams like Lincoln, where we're 1-0 down and we, we are scrapping points late on. Let's take advantage of that and um, try and build some momentum off that. Because of, I think before the game, especially against Lincoln, if you offered me a point, I probably would have took it. Um, I know it's easy to say that now, but just just the way they are at home. Um, but yeah, just in terms of the team, just just try and be positive and ruthless when it comes in front of the goal and do the basic fundamentals of the game defensively, just marking your men. And if you are doing zonal marking, communication is a massive thing as well because of, as we saw at Bolton, they all looked at one another. That's what a lack of Lewington or was, um, does. Just a bit of communication or know-how of where the opposition are around you. Um, and... I think we'll, we will be right if, obviously, if we keep up that form, like Joe said. Um, but I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, we got a we got a sneak preview of what it could look like moving forward against Lincoln. I know it's a bit of an anomaly because they are a tough away 
sorry, tough a team to go play away. And obviously they're unbeaten there all season. Still are after our, our game there on Tuesday night. But I mean, that, that first half was uh, an absolute joke, uh, to be honest. You know, as Ross mentioned, it was, it was flat and that's, that's a polite way of putting it. You know, 71% possession, uh, zero shots, uh, just the one corner, funnily enough, you actually had a corner. Um, but yeah, it's not having not even had a shot in that type of game is uh, ridiculous. And obviously, they go ahead early with a pretty good strike from Danny Mandrino. It was, it was unsavable. And that's the thing, like, we've been relying on coming to make all these saves. But the two goals he conceded this week, he he can't do much about one's in the bottom corner and the other one's off the bar and in. So, and arguably both have been goals at the midweek, weekend, whatever you want to call it. So, um, it's not on him. And yeah, this, I mean, I mean, I think some of our fans booed the players off the pitch, actually. That's how bad it was in the first half um, against Lincoln. Came out second half, you know, looked better. Um, I think the first 15 minutes, they were still pretty much the same, you know, passing it around the back, not really weren't taking any gambles. Um, midfield wasn't moving enough. So I think Nathan Holland and Dawson Devoy came on in the 60th minute or so. And, you know, we saw a bit of a change then. You know, Devoy went into his... Um, Eight role alongside on the other midfielders, and Holland went out wide uh, for Lecco, who was you know trying to create stuff, but ultimately just running into dead ends um, due to Lincoln's sort of double teaming him basically. Um, and that's you know that's where the chances came from. You know we got a few corners from that, and of course uh, the heel of Paris came in the 89th minute from one of those corners. Um, a really really clever finish, and one that I was kind of shocked to see go in. To be fair, and it felt like a win actually coming away from that game because we were that bad in that first half I just felt that we wouldn't get anything from it um, but Joe obviously we got a point um, like the majority of teams that do go to Central Bank have got a point this year but could be a valuable one couldn't it overall Absolutely and I think um, without there being any um, you know without that last goal you know the point aside I think confidence was the main thing here because yeah. That with that, you know, they scored after five minutes and it was out of nowhere. Like, you know, no one really made a mistake. It was a ball across the box. Okay, you could say about closing down, but bloody hell, that was a hell of a strike. It was even better than the Morsi one. And I was sat, I was right behind it, and I thought, oh, I literally, I wasn't even concerned because I was, I was doing my be real for the day. That's how <laughs> I got my be real. Is all the Lincoln players bloody celebrating? Um, but yeah, I thought it was going over. Like it dipped so much, um, and I think we actually started the first five minutes and we were popping the ball about, and there was movement. And then, you know, after that, Lincoln were like, "Right, that's it. We're done for the day. We're just going to sit on our eighteen-yard line. Come and come and try us." And my word, Jack Tucker and Zach Jules must have been playing one touch with themselves. And but there were times where, you know. Tanai would maybe lose the ball out on wing at uh, the wing back uh, out the wing, but you know Josh McEachran or Paris would have just given him an absolute hospital ball, and he's been played with. He's got three men coming onto him, and then he's being passed the ball, and or players just going back to coming and and you know coming for all of it. He's not even that bad on the ball, but he gets put. He coming always gets put in the situation where there's a man charging down on him because we've been ineffective in beating the press. But to be fair, there wasn't really a press. They kind of just let us pass it around. Um, and I think, you know, I did mention that Robson maybe could come in. Um, I, I mean, I think Devoy's been playing really well, so I don't necessarily know whether that would have been my decision to. However, you know, it was abundantly clear that Robson wasn't shown for the ball. I think he was 
playing a bit more advanced. And as a result, we just had no extra man in midfield. And when Dawson and Grigg came on, all of a sudden we had someone that was looking for the ball. We had someone that could run with the ball. And because uh, first half, it was basically Leko and Kaikai would have had to have beaten six players for us to even get anywhere near the goal. Because our passing and the movement was shocking. You know, Robson and Paris just weren't showing for the ball. Um, so even, you know, even when Josh McEachern got on it, he was struggling to actually find a pass. Uh, but when Dor- Dawson came on, I think he added a bit of zip to the game. I think Grigg had a real good impact as well. To be fair, not to say that Mo was bad at all, but just I think Grigg had a really good impact. Holland as well was lively when he came on. We changed to like a 4-2-4. So yeah, more attacking, a bit more direct. Um, and I think that's one other thing as well that Mark Jackson said at half time. He said that's the first time he's had to put it up them basically. Um, and I'm not surprised because it wasn't even as if we were poor. It was it was just I think it was more in the head, but because I think the heads just dropped. And um, you could see at the end of the game there, you know what it meant to the players. And I think it's you know this is the override memory now. The fact that we've stuck together and we've got something from effectively nothing. And you know, we've seen so many flashes this season. I mean, we were winning at half time. We, we we're the only team that have scored at Hillsborough since October, for goodness' sake. That's yeah, like yeah. four four months, five months. We're not. We don't have awful, awful players. But what we do find ourselves in is an awful situation. And I think the players' confidence is at rock bottom. Um, you know, because you could tell you could tell when the defenders had the ball, they just weren't confident to. You know, how many times have we seen Jules dribble past three players and create an overload from the back? Or Tucker, you know, take a risk and take play that early ball, drive it into Mo's feet. Um, but they, they just didn't do that because I just think they were just like so scared almost that they were just passing the sideways, sideways. I think the only people that could come out of any credit in the first half was um, Dan Harvey and maybe that's probably it. I thought Dan Harvey was pretty solid. He actually tried running inside a few times and defensively I thought was quite good. Um, But yeah, I think just, you know, we've got this run coming up now. We've almost taken the impetus. Um, You know, I think Mark Jackson realised it. He was very passionate at full time coming over to thank the fans, saying he'd he'd need us for the games coming up. And um, I think that's what it is now. It's everyone's got to buy in and... um, you know, whether or not we have, you know, we all got our favourites in the team and we all think so-and-so should be playing or why isn't he doing that? But I think we just got to get together this time because who gives a crap? We just need some points. It's that stage of the season now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, just to emphasise how much, you know, especially that first half, the back four and the goalkeeper touched the football. I think it was like around about 500 times in the whole game they touched the football, which is, um, and both centre-backs had, around about 135, 136 touches of the football each. So that's like when like Man United are playing like the um, Grimsby Town or West Ham or something. That's levels like that. So that's how it shows you how much possession we had of the football and how much the back four and goalkeeper were just passing it amongst themselves. Um, especially in that first half because the midfield were just doing um, not a lot uh, to get open for them, especially after the goal went in. But Duffy, how did you find Lincoln, mate, overall? Um. I think it just pretty much echoes what Joe said in terms of just the lack of movement in the final areas. Um, I thought Josh McEachern played all well first half. I thought um, for for what movement he did have in front of him, he made the best of it. Um, but as you say, I don't, I don't, I don't feel the team um, 
were at it at all in the first half. But um, second half, people were saying it was a bit better, but I mean, it couldn't get any worse, could it? Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think from the substitutions of um, McEachran and Robson, um, I think it just just forced um, Jackson into a change. And Devoy, um, it, it suited his game. Um, obviously, allowing them... Well, Lincoln basically conceded all the space, just dropped deep, as, as Joe said. And then Devoy, I think it was just a case of um, he, he was trying to pick out some quality uh, or movement, as you say, in Will Grigg or Leco up top. So I, I do feel like the game fell in our hands a bit. So um, obviously we were going to have all that possession, but um, I still feel, thought we didn't create enough um, at all, really. Um, but we got the corner, we were pushing late on, and we, got, we did get a corner. And as you say, that Magoma chance. Um, that took a heavy de- deflection, by the way. Oh, come on. It was like Scott <laughs> Twines in, on Boxing Day. It definitely wasn't going in without that <laughs> deflection. And he still got given it. But, I mean, who am I to take a go off Scott Twines? So I was behind the keeper and I, I was pretty much ready to walk out. I saw it lob over the keeper and I thought, he's going to hook this out, isn't he? And oh, all of a sudden, good key, good key. I hear that, hear that, I literally see it touch the back of the net. And all I saw was Dan Harvey just absolutely run towards the away end like he usually does. Passion, as it as he usually does most weeks. And um, yeah, it's just, I think, especially in that situation, I think we would have took any point. Um, and yeah, I'm just pleased to have something to walk away, um, single bank. Um but obviously, um, the big ones on Saturday, I think I do feel some people might, might disagree, some people might agree. I do feel that is is definitely a must win game. Um, just two, oh, sorry, just for momentum purposes, that's all. Two things just on what you've been saying, Ross. And first of all, you mentioned Sinsel Bank. How good was my parking spot on the road of the stadium? <laughs> you can't beat it. Come on, Ross. Well, um, on the road is generous. Yeah. On the road is generous. It was on the road. It was on the, it was it was on the road, walk. but it, it was, was like a mile down. It was a 10-minute walk. It was, less, it was number tw- outside number 28. It wasn't back. close was to the boozer. Sun. That was the only issue. It was closer to the boozer than it was the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> um, true, true. And second, secondly, <laughs> on to more pressing matters, um, you mentioned about the chances, and we didn't create much. We actually had a higher XG than what Lincoln did. Um, yeah, but mate, Lincoln weren't attacking that for half the game. In so deep, sure. But, and, and the thing is as well, um, you know, there was that um, oh, Kai Kai chance as well that wasn't even recorded in that, where um, Dawson Devoy plays an unbelievable pass over the top. Leco controls it. He's through on goal. And then he kicks thin air and falls over. <laughs> that was, I, I, at that point, I thought, we're not going to do anything in this game. But um, yeah, there we go. We got a bit, we got that bit of luck, which we've not had. I can't remember the last time we had a bit of luck. It seems like for every game we have, you know, we, we're having to either play amazingly well or, you know, or we're just getting shafted on on certain moments. And um, well, there you go. Yeah, to be fair, actually, I spoke to a few Linga fans after the game. I didn't realise how bad their second half record was in games. So, but not taking a great away from the lads, you know, fantastic point. Um, and yeah, I mean, it gives us a bit of momentum heading into these next four games which I mean they do they do feel season defining I'll be honest with you guys they, they do feel that way the way we as Joe mentioned about the, the top half record against 
uh, clubs in that area of it all were pretty poor. You know, after after the um the Morecambe at home game, there's not too many games we like. Oh, we could get some points from that. East is a pretty tough one for us. So, yeah, we need a we need quite a few points in these next four games. Not to put any pressure on the lads, but I think I think that is the case. And uh, we'll get on to uh, Port Vale very shortly. But obviously, we're all we're all big F one fans in here, so I wanted to chat quickly about the F one. Um, obviously, Bahrain is the the first race this weekend. Um, and yeah, we've been, we had a bit of chat about it today, but I wanted to get all of our um winner predictions and all that on record so that we can go back to the end of the season and uh have a bit of fact checking later on. But Duffy, I'm I'm not gonna be too surprised who you reckon's gonna win uh drivers and constructors championships. But um does do they drive a Red Bull? No, I was joking you, of course they are. <laughs> um I think I think they've got better than last year. Um but I do think it will be a bit tighter. I think Max will probably only just get over 10 wins. Um, I don't think he'll reach 14. But yeah, I think 14 he set last year. Um, I think he'll probably reach about 9, 10 wins. Um, and in terms of the constructors, I think if you're winning races, you're pretty much, and your teammates probably win the top six, you're pretty much guaranteed to get constructors. But um, it's just in terms of, we don't know what's going to happen in terms of reliability. Um, with Mercedes or Ferrari, so um, it'd be interesting to see whether they can keep up. Um, but I mean, if Perez don't perform this year, he's gonna. Well, I do feel like his position will be in scrutiny. But um, yeah, I do feel like Red Bull will take over again this year. Yeah, I so say if it wasn't for Ferrari's um, absolutely horrific strategy last year, they would have had a three or four more wins at the minimum. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be a bit closer. Um, but yeah, I think with how with how good Max is, um, it's very hard not to say that he and Red Bull won't win the double again after going so so long without getting instructors because Mercedes how good they were for years. Um, so yeah, I think they'll do the double once again. I'm assuming you're the same, Joe, in terms of drivers and constructors. Yeah, I mean, hope at least someone from Milton Keynes is winning something. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think. Um... Yeah, you can't, it's hard to look past um, Red Bull after testing. Um, I, hopefully, it's a little bit closer this year. But then again, like you said, Ferrari were pretty much the fastest car at the start of last season. But the reliability issues, uh, Carlos Sainz's engine setting on fire in Austria, you know, things like that. And then the just bizarre strategy calls. But I think they may have ironed that out. And if they do, I think we've got a good title battle on our hands. Um, you never know how Mercedes are going to develop throughout the year, especially with... Um, Red Bull cost cap penalty coming into play. Um, and, um, you, you know, you've got some teams like Alpine and Aston Martin who seem to be making some steps forward. So, um, yeah, Fernando Alonso on the back on the podium. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think it's yeah very hard to look past Verstappen and Red Bull. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You mentioned Alpine. Um, I think it's in terms of just like surprises or my biggest surprise. I think Ocon will do pretty well this year. Um, obviously, he's not second driver anymore. He's the main driver now. Alonso's gone to Aston Martin. Um, and, you know, there's, I think basically they've just been sandbagging this whole testing. Uh, they're reportedly the slowest car and all this rubbish. But, you know, if you, if you, if you think that testing um, has a massive say in what happens in the season overall, it, unless you're truly really bad, like uh, McLaren, um, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, and I think the Alpine, especially now with Gasly on board, I think both of them will have great seasons, but Ocon especially. Um, will 
will push, I think, um, the Aston Martins of Alonso and potentially even if he does really, really well, um, like someone like Russell, um, to get into that top six or seven drivers in the uh, championship standings. Who's your uh, sort of surprise package, Joe? And you can't say Alonso. Um, yeah, yeah, I know that was not really. A, he's a very good driver. Um, I think I, I do think Lance Stroll is underrated. I think look, he may not be the most reliable of drivers, um, but he has got pace. I think he has. I mean, he's he's come on a podium a couple of times underrated when he was at Racing Point, and they had a car that could deliver those sorts of finishes. Um, I think um, Alfa Romeo could have a good year. Um, yeah, yeah. I really like I really like Guan Yu Zhou and Valtteri Bottas. Um, look, when I say good year, I mean maybe maybe challenge for like fifth in the constructors, maybe even fourth. Um, I think the midfield battle this year is going to be more interesting than the battle for the number one spot. To be quite honest with you, um, I think the the battle for fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. I really don't think there's loads and loads between them. Um, I could be wrong, but yeah, I think there's there's going to be a couple of standouts in there. Um, where we could have, yeah, I think because Joe actually out out qualified Valtteri in quite a few of the races in the latter second half of the season, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah, yeah, I like Joe. I say I think I'll get top ten to you boys in terms of uh, drivers championship. So yeah, I think he's in for a good season, especially if that Ferrari is um quick. Then he'll be quick also. Well, it's Ferrari engine, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Ferrari doing well, which they usually well they usually are pretty quick. Then I think he'll be quick also. Um, surprise package, Duffy. Who do you reckon? Can I give my biggest disappointment as well? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Uh, Lance Stroll's biggest disappointment. Oh, I like it. Um, I don't think people are expecting him to do well. So that's no, the, but I don't the, know the car he's got, he's got to be doing better. He may, he may be, yeah, but I think people are expecting him not to be performing. I think people, that's what people are expecting. And everyone's banging about Alonso. Well, I see a perfectly good driver in Gasly. I think he'll be the surprise of the year. I think Gasly's qualifying performances of last year um, were really good. He got Q3 most times. Um, and it was just, as you say, um, reliable shoes or the tyre deg, which was letting him down. Um, for one reason, Alonso wasn't struggling with tyre deg, but uh, Gasly was struggling. Um, so I'm hoping um, he'll be able to manage the car a lot better this year and if if um you look at the bookies, I I think Alonso is probably the favourite in terms of the matchups ac- across the season, but I could be wrong there. Um, yeah, he's miles clear. Obviously, if he is underdog, uh, if, if he is an underdog, um, I I wouldn't. I, well, I would be certainly backing Gasly to beat Alonso across the season. I would play that. Yeah. I very much uh, disagree with you, Ross, but then that's the <laughs> beauty of it, isn't it? I'll see you Sunday. <laughs> Gasly made Q3 six out of 23 last year. Six. Six, yeah. Because I, I agree with you. Gasly was very good, I think, the year before last. Was it but year that, before? To be fair, the, the dog, it was a dog of a year for Alpha Tauri. So who knows? In a new car, when he's got a bit you know, re energized, maybe he could rise to his former self. But I think this is a big year for Gasly because I think if he doesn't perform now that he is in a better car, because he, he, you know, he he messed up his chance with Red Bull, so you know this is his first time being back in a car that could potentially compete in you know top six. Um, so let's see if he takes it or not. Yeah, I like how me and Ross are both an Alpine driver, so that's a little little season competition for us. Uh, <laughs> Gasly versus Ocon, so I'm looking forward to that. 
Um, in terms of disappointment, I ha- I really hate saying this, but I think it'll be Lando Norris. Um, that that car is just is so so bad. I mean, maybe second half is of the season. Is that him or the car though? Well, I mean, it, well, no. I mean, last season it was it was the car one hundred percent, and Lando dragged it to some points finishes. Quite frankly, because you saw Ricardo didn't it, and Ricardo's not a bad driver. Um, the main thing for me is that you know there's definitely going to be chat about him all season as to you know we've seen what he can do in a in a somewhat okay car. Is this year's car going to be worse? Probably. So that probably reflects his points finishes and then there'll be chatter about what well, if he goes to a big team like a Mercedes, Ferrari, um, even Aston Martin, if they are, because people say they are, um, can he perform in that type of team? And I think he can, but I feel this season there might be some question marks over him, um, which are wrong. But yeah, I just don't think him and Piastri are going to be able to do much in in the, uh, the car that, um, Zach Brown and co have delivered him. Um, and I think we'll see that fairly clearly on Sunday and moving forward, to be honest, because I think until the mid-season break, we're not going to be seeing a lot of McLarens towards the top 10, unfortunately. Any disappointments on your end, Joe? Gosh, um, or flops, I should say, maybe. I don't know, one or two. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 Gasly, I don't think will be up to um, Gasly, much personally. Yeah. But... Um, I think, um, I mean, I reckon, um, sorry, just in terms of like maybe surprises, and I reckon that Signs could actually finish above Leclerc this year. So I reckon maybe, because I think, you know, we saw towards the end of last year, Signs was starting to show the pace similar to Leclerc. And we know that Leclerc's got a, got a mistake in him. Um, now, whether that just maybe because it was the end of the year and there wasn't much riding on it, who knows? But, I think maybe Leclerc, not 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 so much a disappointment. And I think over one lap, Leclerc probably is the best in the whole on the whole grid. However, over races distance, we've seen Leclerc make some errors in the past, and um, I wonder whether he's learned from it or not, or whether maybe Signs becomes that lead Ferrari driver. Yeah, they've been very vocal on the fact that they don't really have a number one, like so to say, as as obviously other teams do. So yeah, it's one of those te- one of those teams where the both drivers are kind of equal and uh, they kind of just go with a flow, but. Yeah, I mean, both both guys are very, very quick and they'll probably be in the fastest car at some point in this season. Um, so, yeah, I don't hate the shout at all. I don't hate it at all. Right, anyway, that's enough of that. Obviously, we'll, I'm sure we'll go back to this towards the end of the season, end of the year. Do we, have, do we have to talk about football? Oh, well, I mean, I think, I think we do, unfortunately. And the fact that we've got a massive game against Port Vale on Saturday, which, you know, I've seen quite a few people say it's a must-win game. Um, and I want to know if Ross agrees with that. Do you agree with it, mate? Hundred percent, agree. Um, I mean, you, if if you're getting two points, I don't know. It's easy to say it's easy to say this now, but if you're getting a point at Lincoln and so you're saying that's a good point, and then you're getting another point against Port Vale, who I believe are bottom half now, or pretty mid table. On the cusp, anyway. I think they're very much mid table. Yeah. Um, I I still think that that wouldn't be enough. Um, I was expecting four points from these two games um, before we went into them. And yeah, I, I, I do feel like it's a must-win game, but um, everyone banged about March. I, I, I said we had to win at least three out of the four games, but some people might disagree again with that. Uh, yeah, we've got to start picking up points somewhat, somehow because of we're going to leave it way too late otherwise. 
yeah, yeah, no, I think as we said this episode, I think these these next four games are are probably not it, but close to being it in terms of where we're going to get the majority of our points this season, and we have to go into it with a, a winning mentality. Um, and you know, some some people say. I I find this point from Ian Dixon interesting. One in terms of you know, obviously we mentioned about lads playing out at the back in the game and Tucker and Jules. You know, I think I think we have to go into a positive, don't we, Joe? In terms of we can't be afraid of playing teams like Accrington, Morecambe, Port Vale, uh, Cambridge, who are right amongst it with us. Some of them even below than us. We have to, and hopefully that goal from Agoma gives them a bit of positivity because we can't have it where in that first half of passing around the back, not really getting any movement from the midfielders and ultimately not going forward and scoring goals. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the, you know, is it a must win? I think, or is Lincoln a good point? I think Lincoln is a good point if you follow it up with a good performance and a good win and a good result at Port Vale. I think if it if you then lose at Port Vale, it then becomes, all maybe, you know, we really should have been making a bit better fist of the last game. Um, you know, and uh, as I say as well, looking forward at the fixtures. Um, so we have was it twelve games left? I uh, believe five. so. Yes, twelve. So yeah, five are against top half teams. Seven are against bottom half teams. But the thing is, those top half teams, two of them are Portsmouth and Fleetwood. So you'd, you'd maybe chalk them up as being a bit inverted commas more winnable. Um, and then Derby, Barnsley and Wickham, which we know will be very, very difficult. So I'd actually say there's nine games where we should be aiming to get something out of and three where, yeah, of course we could get something, but it's going to be very, very, very difficult. And yeah, like in to the question about, you know, lumping it forward and that. Um, yeah, I think we, one thing that actually Mark Jackson said was we needed to mix our game up a bit more because Lincoln was sat back. And I think that's really important to be able to be flexible um, when we go forward. Um, however, you know, we, we, we do have good technical players. We do have good skillful players. So, um, you know, Mo Issa, I would not say that the one one of his top three qualities, I would say, is um, being a target man. That's not what he's about. He's about, you know, his pressing ability is really good. He's a deadly finisher and he, and he links play quite well. So I think, you know, we've got to play to the strength of our players. But yeah, you know, whether or not, you know, there's a difference between a long ball and just lumping it up, isn't there? Because we've seen, we saw um, Dawson play a lovely little clip through ball um, that Kai Kai couldn't, couldn't unfortunately get a shot off from. So yeah, I think it's a case of being flexible, but also knowing that we, we do want to be able to play nice, not nice football, but make the best use of, our, of the skills that our players have. Yeah, and I mean, if you're getting more with more movement for that midfield, you're going to have options to play through the lines and get it a bit quicker, um, things like that. So yeah, it's definitely more ways to do it than just um, lumping up to whoever's at the top, whether that be Isa, Greg, whoever. But um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully that lads take some confidence, positivity from that performance on Tuesday, at least for the last twenty minutes of it anyway, and um, yeah, take it into Port Vale, who, to be fair, aren't on a great run of form themselves. Only one win. Um, you know, for a long time, like eight, nine games now in the league. And that was against Exeter. So, you know, it's, and they've, they've, they've played teams like you know, Bolton, they've also played teams like Morecambe. So, you know, they've, they've had a real mix of teams that have played. And obviously, it's something I've played in a little while. But, Ross, when you're thinking ahead to Saturday, obviously, with 
playing Port Vale at their place. Uh, what, what's your mindset at? Do you reckon we, we can win this game? Yeah, I've, I've, I do feel like uh, it'll be a very, very tight game. Um, don't feel like either team will um, run away with the game. Um, and that's not just um, going off recent results. I remember the game back at our place. It was an awful game of football. And I think it got... It was a wonder strike. Well, two. I think it was two wonder strikes from Bradley Johnson. It was, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm taking them now. I am taking them now on Saturday. If 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 he does two long ranges like that, I'm not complaining. Um, but in terms of just the quality, if I remember, Port Vale, they they just they just sat in their shape and they are a well drilled side. Um, but I think the impetus is on us. Um, I think we we know, as Joe mentioned earlier, um, these players, a lot of the time, they do have the quality. It's just, just one reason or another, individual mistakes or marking or, or not putting our chances away. It's literally all on us. And I feel like this is going to be the same. Um, if we do our bit, bit correct and we don't start like we did against Lincoln, um, we, we can win this game. But I wouldn't be surprised if it finished 1-0 to either side. Um, but um, Daryl Clark, he's he's done a tremendous job with this squad. Really, I I thought Port Vale would go down, um, at the start of the season, um, but look, what they're sitting sixteenth position, sitting nine points above the relegation zone. So you you could say it's a successful season for Port Vale, but just just on Saturday, I I do feel like it's a massive massive chance. Um, to get things rolling again, to get the goodness in within the team, the confidence high, and go into these next couple of games as you as you say, we just attacking them, um, and not have a negative mindset of we need to win this game. It's just a case of if we do our job, the result will come along with it, and I think that's what the players need to remember: the fact that they they, they need to forget about the points at where we are and everything amongst that. And just focus on the ninety minutes ahead of them, because of, I think that's probably why where we started in terms of Lincoln. We just, I think some, some players got caught caught up in the occasion too much, of of it being a, a must win game and um, trying to get any points. And I think that just showed on the pitch. So um, yeah, def, definitely just attack the fixture and um, let's hope we can get a really positive result on the road. Yeah, I mean, going back to that reverse fixture at Stadium NK, obviously it was one of our only two home wins at Stadium NK this season. You know, our, our front four was was Louis Barry, Matt Smith, Dan Kemp, and, and Matt Dennis. And obviously three of those guys are either out on loan or obviously aren't part of the club anymore. Um, and the other one's just, unfortunately for Matt, riding the bench. So, um, yeah, it's safe to say the team's changed a lot since that last game. And uh, I'm sure that'll be reflected, well, hopefully it'll be reflected in, in the performance um, in Stoke on Trent on Saturday, um, Joe. Before we sign off, they've got. Oh yeah, yeah I was, was going to say. I think they've got quite a big pitch as well, haven't they? I think they've got really oh. quite a good. From memory, it's one of the largest ones in the in the league. That suits us. And, and yeah, I think. Um, I mean, one thing I want to say is they do play wing backs, and Bolton and Sheffield Wednesday also played wing backs, and that went well. Um, but no, I mean. Yeah, I think it's a game we've got to attack. You know, I think that they will also have some impetus on them, you know, with them being at home. 
I think they, you know, with a home game, especially with a team that's below them in the table, if they're, I, I can't see them going into a game wanting to sit behind the ball. Um, so, yeah, I think just be positive, start well and do our job. You know, we've got a much better chance of winning if we have a good performance. So just focus on the performance, focus on, I'm sure, what we're doing, training and um, make my drive home a little bit easier. <laughs> I think that's a nice way to sign off, lads. Um, if you do see us in, in Stoke on Saturday, uh, come say hello. Obviously, we, uh, a good weekend for us with that, hopefully getting three points in, in Stoke and obviously... First uh, rounds and then, by the way. Oh, is it, yeah? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> They're buying me a drink. I'm not buying them. Live soda for me. I'm designated driving for the day. We applaud you. <laughs> good stuff. And um, yeah, safety is Saturday. Say hello. Um, be a good weekend hopefully and hopefully a start of a decent run of fixtures um, heading to our survival league on but until Saturday and until then come on you dons away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.